to our online audience too, we want to again welcome you and thank you for uh, being a part of what we do here. We appreciate you. We absolutely love you. And uh, this message is not just for those who are here in the sanctuary or those who are in the city of Corpus Christi, but it is also for you around the world. I want to just remind you that uh, we are teaching on the Christmas story. Uh, Actually, the Christmas story is an amazing story for me. I absolutely love it. You can tell, right? Uh, Christmas being my favorite time of the year is just different for me from the time I was a little boy. It was just marvelous. I had wrong motives when I was a child, but I quickly learned the right motive. Now, uh, this is, today, this message is uh, is titled, The Story Continues Part Two. Uh, The Story Continues Part Two, and I want to emphasize the works of Christ. Um, The works of Christ. We are just so blessed and fortunate, all of us, so blessed and fortunate to be Christian, to be believers. I like what uh, Reverend uh, Ruth said. She called us saints, and uh, that's a term that you don't hear a lot today because we want to be more in step with the world, but that really and truly we are saints or sanctified ones. Sanctified ones is who we are. Um, so let's take a good look at this saints of God, sanctified ones, set apart ones for God's exclusive use and service. Uh, This is uh, God's story. When I say the story continues, uh, this is God's story. It's history or his story. He is in charge of casting is what I'd like to say in that. Since he is uh, the one who owns the story, he's in charge of what everyone does in the story. You know, so he is in charge of casting, which, which uh, implies that whatever your assignment is in the kingdom, you need to do whatever he's assigned you to do. Uh, I've often said to people, you can distinguish yourself from wherever you are. You can distinguish, uh, uh, distinguish yourself if you are the, the janitor, the custodian, if you are the waiter at the table. You can so wait tables that everybody wants you to wait their table. And so, like being a Christian, you can distinguish yourself. Don't be bothered about where God has you. He is the producer and the director, so he's in charge of this thing, and he is directing all the activity. We are the actors or participants in his story. We are the participants in his story. He has invited us, really, into his own history. That is the history of God. That blesses me. So, you know, when a child is born, that child is born into the history of the family. If you were born into a good family, you're born into a good history. You were born into a bad family, you're born into a bad history, which all of us were born into a bad history, and God made us have to have good history by giving us new birth. We now have an invitation and the ability to live out his life, God's life, and his reality in time and space. Just think about that. We have this invitation and ability now, a God enablement to live out his life and his reality in time and space with the backdrop of eternity. So just say, well, eternity is in our view. That's huge to me. I don't know what you're thinking about, but I'm thinking about uh, eternity with God. Now, uh, it says, now we are able to do this uh, as we radiate his glory in every part 
or assignment that's lived out. So you and I have the, also the ability to not just reflect God's glory. We're not, we're not just reflectors. We are radiators. We radiate. It comes from within and going out, his glory. That's amazing. As we take part in every assignment or in every part that we play in the story, we are a radiation of his glory. I, I think that's huge to me, and it blesses my, my heart and my life. As we act out or, or live out what the Holy Spirit reveals to us, in us, and through us, we bring God into view for all to see. So whatever you're doing, have you ever been upset that God assigned you to an, an unfriendly workplace? I mean, I have. I complained about it until I realized that God had me there uh, with purpose in mind. Yeah, God has you wherever you are. God has a purpose. Sometimes you may be married to somebody who's hard to live with. <laughs> don't, don't, don't laugh too loud now. <laughs> you, you may be married to somebody who's hard to live with, but maybe you are there to show that hard to live with person, the, the, uh, God's own personality and God's love and God's care, God's concern. So you, you and I are revealing uh, uh, what God is and who God is. We are, the mystery of God is being revealed through the church, through us, through us who are a cast of characters, sons and daughters. It is being revealed bit by bit. The mystery of God is being revealed through us bit by bit. So it is very important, every, it is important that we act out and walk out everything that God wants us to walk out. And, and this is all accomplished through Jesus Christ. So then what I have to understand is that every part, that is every one of you, has a part and it's important. I, I wanted to say that because when we think about uh, the Christmas story or the coming of the Lord Jesus, uh, the miraculous birth of John the Baptist, the miraculous birth of, of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is a huge thing. And so the, I want you to know that we are not just reading about a history. We're living it. We are a part of it. And God made you a part of it. In Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 2 through 15. I would like to read and I want you to just follow me and I want you to uh, enjoy as we're reading. Because when I was reading in the Bible one day, and I'm, this is a little bit pre, uh, premature, but I was reading in the Bible one day in Habakkuk chapter 2 and I, and I read these words, 2.14. That the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth, or shall cover the earth in, in that day, shall cover the earth or will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And I thought, that's talking about me. That's there for me. And, and you say, well, how dare you? Well, Paul, Paul said the, the Messianic promise that, the, that God would, have, would shine his light on the Gentiles and open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. Paul says, that's talking about me and Silas and those who are working with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so when I read the scriptures, I see myself in it. Do you see yourself in it? You should see yourself in it. You, know, you, you can see yourself in the scripture when it said, depart from me. You don't want to see yourself like that. <laughs> you want to say, come unto me. Come on. Come on. That's the one. Come unto me. 
Or as Jesus says, the work that you have given me to do, I finished it. Hallelujah. So let's go back to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew eleven two. It says, and when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. This is amazing. There's something happening outside of jail, and those who are in jail are hearing about it. So John is incarcerated, but they couldn't incarcerate the word of God, Herod. And he says, he heard, about, he heard in prison about the works of Christ. So he sent two of his disciples and said to Jesus, to him, John told us to ask you, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Now there are a great number of scriptures that talked about the coming one, about the, the, the coming of Messiah, coming of God in human flesh. And we are part of that great story. We're not a Messiah, but we are, we are as it were, let's, let me say carefully that we are part of the supporting cast in the story. Yeah, we're not the main character. No, we're not the producer. We're not the director. But we are part of the cast. And listen what he says. He says, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And, and this goes, this refrain is always through the scripture. So Jesus answered and said to them, go tell John the things which you hear and see. No, no, it's very interesting. Uh, Jesus says this, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed is he who does not stumble because of who I am. Wow. You know, there are some times we, get, we, we stumble because we think that God ought not say something, ought not to do something, ought not to make a demand on us. But he says, blessed, happy, fortunate is that person who is not offended because of me. Jesus did not answer John's question directly. Did you notice that? Jesus doesn't answer your questions often directly. And, and we have some issues with that sometimes. Well, I've been praying and nothing's happening, right? You know, I prayed. I've said those words before, you know, in the days of my ignorance. Well, I'm still waiting on my answer. And Jesus has answered you, but you don't understand that Jesus, as he did with, with John's disciples, he didn't answer directly, but he gave them the proof. He gave them scripture. So Jesus didn't answer directly, but indirectly. He directed them to the scriptures. Jesus answered by directing them to the scriptures. What did Isaiah prophesy in, 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 in the scriptures? That's what he is showing them. He, is, he didn't say it because John knew the scriptures. They, they knew what the prophets had said, and those disciples of John probably too. So he gave them the scripture. Sometimes when I'm witnessing to people, I don't say the Bible said. I just tell them. I don't, I don't beat them with the Bible, as it were, because they take offense. But I, I'll just talk to them. And they'll say, boy, that's good. You know, like I'm the author of it. You know? I know the author of it. He's my dad. Yeah. And so when I tell them, they go, that's good, that's good, that's good. Man, where did you get that? I said, the Bible. Are oh, you still with me? You see... Uh, God directed them to the scripture, and the Lord does not always answer us directly, but directs us also to the word of God and to dependence on, and guidance 
of the Holy Spirit. So he wants us to depend on and be guided by the Holy Spirit. The Lord knows where you are. He knows when you are being really foolish. You know, I said that kind of like an East Texan, foolish. But, but uh, that's how we say it, that we put emphasis on it. But he knows when you're being foolish, and, and he knows when you are not standing where you ought to stand. And so he will answer you, as it were, through the Scriptures or just through something the Holy Spirit does. When Jesus gave these words to those disciples, uh, he quoted Isaiah 35, verses 4 through 6. Uh, he quoted to John's disciples these words. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong, do not fear. Now, John was obviously in, in, in prison. He had been arrested by Herod for telling him the truth. John didn't cozy up to Herod. He told Herod the truth. And Herod incarcerated him because Herod's wife knew that she shouldn't be here now married, as it were, or common law, whatever they were, to her brother-in-law. And John should have been with her, his brother's wife. He rebuked him for it. So John's in prison. Now, Isaiah says, say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong, do not fear. I don't think John was afraid of, of losing his head. John had this strong sense. He wanted to complete the work that God had given him. So John had a part to play in this great story, and he wanted to make sure he completed it. One of the worst things you can do in a movie is have somebody not complete their assignment in your movie, and you wonder, oh, I wonder what happened. Right? But John wanted to complete. So he says, say to the fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Jesus is saying, I'm the Messiah. Let's read on. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. John, he's not going to save you from the chopping block, but he is going to save your, you from failure. And, he is going to, and he's going to save you from failure. You may think, well, I'm getting old now, and, and, and nothing has happened like I thought. Well, I'm, I told you the story about my mom, who was so smart, and, and I don't say it just because I'm a son. Uh, everybody can tell you knew my mom. So brilliant, so smart, but she never got that break that was due her. And as her son and as her sons, we knew she needed that break. She deserved that break, but God didn't bring it to her until she was 60 years old. But at 60 years old, she shined like new money, as it were. You know, you, you know, you, <laughs> you, you don't worry about your age. Be concerned about your faithfulness. Hallelujah. And so, so he, he quoted, he says, the, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Now, John gets this because Jesus is doing these works. These are the works of the Lord. He says, the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ear of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Wow, isn't that powerful? So this is what happened in the coming of the Messiah. I just want to say to all the church and those who believe that all these things have, have uh, how does it say, uh, ceased to be, you know, the, I believe in the cessation, they're gone because we have the canon of Scripture, hogwash, excuse me if that offends you, totally wrong, horrible doctrine. We are living in the mess Messianic age. Come on, we're New Testament people. Stop saying back there in the New Testament, what do you think you are, the future testament? This is, this is the New Testament. We are New Testament folks. What, is he, what does he say should happen? He says that the blind shall see, the lame walk, the lepers cleanse, the deaf hear, the dead raised, the poor having the gospel preached to them. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then he says, for what, he says, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Now, Scripture says, as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind said, they went out there to that, pro that prophet preaching. He said, a, a reed shaken by the wind, but what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed. Those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I say to you, and more than a prophet. More than? For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. So he says, John the Baptist was Jesus' personal messenger. He was the per a person that God called, I want you to go before my son, and I want you to make sure you're his herald. And John now, wants to he's in prison, wants to make sure, did I do my job? I, I, I will tell you the story quickly that the movie Schindler's List, I've told you, really shook me. A friend of mine, uh, uh, Reverend uh, Pastor Dan Hall, was visiting here, and he wanted me to go see Schindler's List with him, and, and I went, I didn't know what I was going to see. And, when, and I saw that movie, and I was shaken when I walked out. When I walked out, I think he was talking to me. I said, I don't want to talk. And you know what, what got me was at the end when Arthur Schindler was going, and, and he was crying, and he realized he could have done a lot more. Yes. You remember that? Yes. I, I, I didn't need this watch. I could have sold it. I, I didn't need all the things that I had. I could have sold it so that more would have been saved. More of those Jewish people who were murdered senselessly, would have been saved. And I said, God, I don't want that to be me. When I come to my death, I don't want to say, and knowing DGL, I will probably say, I could have done more. I could have done what my wife said, go to bed late and get up early. Don't let that be you. He says, he says assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Notice well, that's amazing. At, at, that, at that time, at that time, in, in our history, our salvific history, there had not risen anybody greater than John, born of a woman. Notice, notice what he says. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Can you imagine what that says about each of us? It doesn't matter what kind of assignment you have. What does that say about you? Don't look at somebody else and go, I wish I had their assignment. No. I want to run my race. Amen. This is so amazing. This is so amazing. Look, look, look at what happens. He says, John is greater than everybody at that point who were born of a woman. That means everybody who, opened the, who, who, who was born. And then he says, but the one of us who is least in the kingdom is greater than John. Because John was the herald of the Messiah. We are a part of his body, the body of Christ. Do you get that? <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. So it doesn't matter what part you are. You are a part of his body. Man, John, John said, I'm not even worthy to to take his, uh, unlace his sandals straps, and you're a part of his body. Wow. Carry out every function that he gives you to carry out. Carry it out 
with, to the best of your ability. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me, let me continue to read. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I, I want to just say quickly that in the last 50 years, this has been misused. This scripture has been misused. And uh, because it doesn't mean that you and I need to be strong, brutish men, and so we're going to show people what, what being a Christian is like. I, I've said this to you, if, if I were not a Christian now in this atmosphere, generally I, what I see publicly, it would be hard for me to believe. I'm just telling you about me. Because what I see out there is not Christianity. And, I, and I'm not careful to say that. It is not. Selfishness, self-centeredness, brutish men brutish people saying the vilest things in the name of God, waving the Bible while they do it. That is not Christianity. And that it will never be preached here. See, remember when Jesus, when Jesus um, fed the, the, the multitudes, how the folks wanted to come and force him to be king? They said, here, he says, the kingdom of heaven, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is suffer, uh, suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Caiaphas, violent man, taking it by force. Annas, taking it. Saying, well, we want this kingdom. We want it. And that's, men are doing that today before our very eyes. We see them on TV, and some of you may send them some money. They fit that. Now, let, let me finish. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. He's talking. This is powerful. Because the, the old economy was passing away and now we live in the economy of the, of the Spirit. That's what this, this is uh, referring to. Now listen to what Jesus says to his audience. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. But Jesus was saying that if you will receive what I'm saying, because Elijah was coming before that great and dreadful day of the Lord. He says, and John the Baptist is Elijah. He is the God-promised Elijah. And if you, the, 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 the people who go to synagogue are willing, you, the Jewish people, you are willing to receive it, then you will recognize that I am Messiah and we'll finish this thing. I don't know how God was going to do it. But he says, if you are willing to receive it, I believe that we have entered a day where if you are willing to receive that we are this Elijah generation and God has a, an Elijah voice in the earth, I believe Jesus will come. He won't come before, it, before that. He will not come before that. Then Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let us who are here and on the, online, let us pray for ears to hear him eyes to see him and an understanding to perceive him so that we will hasten the day of his coming. I believe that. Listen, as I take my seat for a moment, when Jesus came the first time, the worshipers of Yahweh did not perceive it. They refused to see it. They stopped their ears so they would not hear it. Let us not be like that generation. Let's don't wait on our children's children. 
Let's believe God now. In Jesus' name.